Welcome to The Complete Musician, creativity at its core, exploring innovative musical ideas, thoughts, and techniques for the modern musician in today's society, with your hosts, James Nagus and Drew Phillips. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Complete Musician Podcast. I'm Drew, and this is a weird podcast because I'm the only one here. James is off on a whirlwind adventure, and he will bring back many stories, I'm sure. But I decided since it's just me, I would do a couple episodes on some things that have been on my mind lately. I teach music ed classes where I am, uh, along with my job of doing private lessons for trumpet and horn at Liberty. And my music ed class that I teach is centered on teaching private lessons or teaching kind of structure for music ed students. My students are all seniors. They're about to go student teach and they're trying to get all of the instruction they possibly can to make their student teaching experience and eventually professional experience better and easier. So my class is about pedagogy of teaching. How can their teaching episodes, how can their teaching be better? And through all of that, I have been really introspective this semester about my own teaching. This is the first time the class has ever been taught, and I had to make it all up from scratch. And doing that made me think about, am I practicing what I preach to all of the students? So I decided that to, to help out my students, not only from listening to this podcast, but also to maybe inspire some of my colleagues or future music educators I would make some short little mini podcasts about some of the things that I think go into successful private teaching. Now, I've been doing this for, in a non-professional, I guess, and a professional way, uh, all the way through undergraduate, even before. I've been doing this for a little over 10 years, teaching private lessons. And while I learned a lot uh, in school, I definitely learned a lot when I got out of school and started doing this for a job. And I want to emphasize that I do not know everything and I will never claim that. I love learning from my colleagues. I love learning from people and I'm constantly learning and adapting to things that I see and hear that I want to include in my own teaching. So this is not like a a do this kind of thing. It's more of a, these are some things that I found really work and I would love for you to chime in and give me your insight. Each of these short little podcasts is going to be separated into one of five sections. Uh, The five sections that I'm separating them into are planning, communication, instruction, assessment and evaluation, and sequencing. And those are just big categories that I came up with that I'm explaining and describing to all the students that are big categories of uh, of things that go into a successful private lesson. They have lots of things underneath them, of course, like that's just an overall banner. But, you know, we talk about the things that go into all of those different topics that can improve your private teaching or are elements or what are the elements of these things that you could include and could think about. So through all of this, I really examined my own private teaching and I think things have really improved because I've learned by talking about them and describing them, things that I could do better and things that I'm doing that have been successful that I want to continue. So let's get into it on the first one. (laughs) The first category is planning. Every private lesson, it must be planned, right? It's gotta have a structure and a plan to move really smoothly. I don't ever want to be that teacher that just 
brings a kid in and every single day, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, planning is organization, obviously. Uh, you have to know what a student is working on to be able to plan for what they're doing. With first-time students, that's really hard, but there are certainly things you can do to make first-time teaching easier, especially if you're beginning a student for the first time, and we've all had to do that. Teaching a first-time horn player or a first-time whatever player, uh, we all have to do that. So we can certainly plan before that. And there are lots of things that you can plan before a student arrives, like you can plan what activities you want the student to engage in or what they should expect to engage in. You can plan the purpose of every activity. You can plan how to explain and execute your activity. You can plan about what materials you'll need. Uh, you can plan your direct uh, and precise instructions to accomplish your specific objectives. And you can plan your procedure that accompanies every single activity. That falls under a lot of the instruction category. That's going to be in a future podcast. But those are just things you can plan. Every private lesson needs a structure because a student needs to know exactly what to expect when they meet you for their private lesson. I can say that my first few private lessons I gave when I was younger, I didn't really do that. A student came in for me and I just thought, well, what do you want to work on? And that's not how private lessons were structured when I was an undergrad or master's or doctor or anything. That's not how my teachers did me. So why would I do that with them, with my own students? That's, you know, silly. And it took a little time to realize that. I've taken a lot of lessons with a lot of different people, but the best ones I always knew what to expect, even if it was a first time. And the way I knew what to expect is because the teacher told me. They told me the specific objectives and the specific goals that we were going to work on together, even if it was our first time. And I think that's really, really important. But I'll get to that in just a second. So a structure. One of the ways that I organize my structure is by keeping an online notebook for every single student. There are lots of different ways to do that out there. For my school, we use Microsoft, uh, the Outlook thing for email. And attached to that Microsoft thing is this program called OneNote, and that has notebooks online. That makes it really easy. I have a notebook for every student and a page. So every time they come in, I type what we worked on and then all of their assignments. That helps them keep organized. It also helps me keep organized because I can go, okay, we did this, 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 and this. So next lesson, we're going to hear this, 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 this in this order. That's really great. I also personally like to schedule my uh, and structure my private lessons by doing the first thing. Usually I do overtone series activities with no music. And then we go into etudes. Then we do solo literature. And then we leave time at the end for transposition, sight reading, that kind of thing. Now, and that's not the only way you can do private lessons. Of course, that's just what I like and what works for me and what generally I did through school. So whatever works for you is great. Some students like to start their lessons with doing sight reading or doing duets because it makes them more comfortable. And I've had students who really like that and respond to that better than just starting in on something by themselves. Do that if that's best for that student. Of course, we know every student is different, so we have to cater to them and we have to teach to them to where they're going to be successful. But anyway... Have a structure for your lessons. I found that really makes my students successful because they know what to expect. It's not just come in, sit down, and what are we going to do today? You can always throw in curveballs, of course. At the end of my lessons when I do duets, sometimes I say we're going to do a duet and we're going to transpose the duet. Or sometimes they're going to say we're going to do the duet in the key of the instrument we're playing, but we're going to do it really, really fast or something like that. You can always do different things, but as long as they know what to expect, 
it, it makes the things a lot more structured if they know what the order is. Uh, we can plan content, making sure that our content is always appropriate for the skill level of the student. If a beginning horn player comes in who's never played or been playing for a very short time, I'm not going to put, uh, you know, Ein Heldenleben in front of them and say, please sight read this. That's insane. <laughs> I couldn't expect them to do that. Or I'm not going to start planning on them to do uh, the fastest lip trail exercises I know because they can barely get from one partial to the other sometimes. So it, it's got to be content appropriate for the student and the skill level of the student. I think that's really, really important that we don't ask more of them than they can actually do. And as teachers, we have to be discerning of that. And that's been a, a good challenge for me is knowing what can the student do and what can I challenge them with. It's a tough thing to know sometimes, but as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at it. And it's fun to see what students can rise to uh, when you ask them to do stuff. The objectives and goals part. So they've got to be easily identifiable and they've got to contribute to your students' overall musical development. They must be stated. I think that's really important. And that's something that I've learned that I want to do and like to do at the beginning of my lessons. And my students really like it too because they know what's to come and they know what their focus is. In this class that I taught, uh, the students had to do a private lesson teaching episode on secondary instruments to someone who'd never touched it before. And they did pretty well for their first time. But I noticed there were things, like I said, with especially with the specific goals and objectives that they weren't doing. They started their lessons off by saying, do you want to learn to play flute? Great. And the student who they brought in, who was there to learn to play flute, said yes. And the teacher said, okay, well, let's take it out of the case. Nothing about what they're going to do on the flute, just like we're going to learn to play flute generally. And so I decided I was going to do a demo lesson. What I did to exaggerate and uh, and show the students how it feels is I went to one of my ear training classes and I asked for uh, a very vague question to all of them. I asked the entire class, does someone during this time slot on this day have it free? And if they do, do they want to do a musical, a very unique musical opportunity? If so, come and talk to me after class. Well, uh, a girl in my class approached and she said, well, what is it? And I asked her two questions. I said, have you ever played a brass instrument before? And would you like to learn? And she'd never played. And she said, sure. And I said, okay, come to this room at this time. That's all I need. And she did exactly what I wanted her to. She said, well, what am I going to be learning? And I said, well, you're going to learn to play trumpet. And she said, well, who's going to teach me? I said, me. <laughs> and she said exactly, again, what I wanted her to say and what goes through the mind of every student who doesn't know the structure or what their goals are or what is going to happen in the lesson. She said out loud, I'm nervous. And when we got to the private lesson and we sat down in front of the students, in front of the music ed majors in this class, I said, okay, to the student, I said, today, we're going to learn how to pick up, hold the trumpet, and make our first sounds on the instrument. And just knowing those things, all of the music ed students said that she visibly relaxed. She didn't even, <laughs> she didn't even remember that she said she was nervous, but she told me afterwards that, yeah, I felt like I knew what we were doing. So I think it's really important that we tell our students right when they come in, what they're going to be working on and what they're going to be focusing on. 
And if we don't, then sometimes that can waste more time in a lesson because then we have to instruct them on every little thing instead of giving an overarching goal for the entire lesson. I've learned that's another thing that objectives and goals can do is you can make your entire lesson one overarching goal. Again, those are just some things I've found that can really help with with planning, uh, making sure that your content is well suited, completely appropriate for the student, making sure that there's a structure that they know what they're going to do, and making sure that you tell them what their specific goals and objectives are. Uh, and they've got to be easily identifiable and contribute to our students' overall musical development. Again, I'm no expert in teaching at all, but I think these are really important things that I've started thinking about. Am I actually, when I teach my kids, do am I actually telling them what we're going to work on? Sometimes I don't. Sometimes they come in and I don't tell them. Uh, and honestly, if I think about it, I spend a lot more time talking in those lessons because the students are focusing, only focus on something after I say it instead of, if I say it at the beginning of the lesson saying, this is our goal. Anyway, so those are some things that I thought about when it comes to planning a private lesson. Please reach out if you heard anything I've said today that, oh, saying like, oh, I do this too, or oh, I've never done that before, maybe I'll try. And if other things, if there are other things in your lessons that you plan or your rehearsals or anything that you plan and you think are would be helpful for me or helpful for anyone else, please let me know. I will share them and we can all learn in this community together. Again, this is not just for teaching private lessons either. This can go into your practice time as well and into your big rehearsals because practice time, if not planned or if uh, your objectives and goals aren't clear, it feels like wasting time sometimes. <laughs> I know I've had those practice sessions where I don't have a clear goal and it doesn't feel like I've done anything at the end of 30 minutes to an hour. Not at all what we want. But anyway, please get in contact if you, uh, if you liked what you heard or if you're inspired or if you just want to talk to me about any of this. I love talking pedagogy. If you know me, you know that talking about teaching is one of my favorite things ever, and I love learning from my colleagues and getting different points of view on how to better instruct. You can get in contact with me at our Cormoto email, which is cormotohorn at gmail.com, or you can comment on this video if you're on YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, just get in touch with us through email. Um, or you can email me personally at my personal email, which is aphillips527 at gmail.com. Other than that, I'll be back with more uh, commentary on lessons in the different categories. This was on planning. Next one will be on communication in private lessons. And again, please get in contact. Leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Like us on Facebook. We're going to put out new content soon. And uh, thanks for listening.